When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Reality Radio for a really great future. We're talking real money. Welcome to Talking Real Money, the podcast and the video cast, because I hate the term vlog. I do. I hate the term vlog so much. It's not a vlog. This is a podcast with moving images. See? An image is moving. Shark I'm Don talking. McDonald in Florida. This is Florida. This is what Florida looks like in the summer. For almost every Floridian, this is what Florida looks like in the summer. You know how it is in the cold climates where it snows a lot, and this is what your your life looks like in the winter? Well, this is what our life looks like in the summer. I was looking at uh, next week, because I've got sort of an event in my life coming up next week, Um uh, Trying yes, to you do. Discourage my wife from doing anything outdoors for this event when I know. Yes, when I, I, I just wanted to make sure we were going to be all right, and we're not because the high next week, yeah, ninety nine degrees, and when With? you factor in the humidity today, it's only yes. ninety five, and you you factor in the humidity, it feels like what one oh five today. So you can imagine what ninety nine will feel like. It will feel like Arizona underwater. And by the way, um, hi, I'm Tom. And um, did I forget I to tell people your name? Seattle. I was going to get to that. Tom is yeah. in Seattle in the Museum of Military Models. <laughs> and I was I was going to point out since we're going to talk about the weather that I just looked at the ten day forecast. We mm-hmm. still don't. We do not have one day where the temperature will exceed seventy degrees. One, one, come on. I've got these, my little strawberries are sitting out there like, we're very green right now, but we just like a little bit of sun will turn red for you if you'd like, but I don't think it's going to happen. My tomatoes, same way. I just just stand out there all day with a high powered LED flashlight. Here, 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 drink up some light, you little guys. It's made me very grumpy. I'll put it that way. And and here the strawberries are the size of human heads. They're just like... Just a little sun, sir, would be very helpful. But no, you know, we're like happen. one of the strawberry growing capitals of the country here, uh, Central Florida. Oh, they have the big oh, strawberry festival here. every year. Huge strawberry growing. Yeah. Okay, well, they're not good enjoy. strawberries, but there's a lot oh. of them. Okay, they're really not very tasty. Anyway, we're here to talk about something other than yeah. strawberries and weather. Mm. We're here to talk about money, something you need, something you want, something you must have in your life something that makes you crazy and confuses the heck out of you and we're here to talk about one of the most important aspects of dealing with money and investing and that is the concept of risk risk is confusing and yet incredibly simple it's so simple and you generally are doing it all wrong when it comes to dealing with it because you don't understand it so we're going to help you figure this out and get risk under control so that you can now invest and go i i I, i'm okay i get it 
I'm not down 35% because I get it. I, I'm, do you, here, here's a question for you, Tom. Yes. And I know you asked this at a meeting, but this is a question for everybody out there. Are you personally in a bear market? Is your market a bear market? My bar? No, because there's still lunch meat out there for me to make a sandwich. So I'm right. not shy right. on lunch meat. I'm okay. No, so. it's, if, for example, um, I looked at my portfolio, which is yes. 35% bonds, I think 65% stocks, roughly. Well, and I'm age, down, I think plus, that's a good idea. Plus, globally, I'm globally diversified, that massively globally diversified. And I think through this bear market that I'm down about 13%, 12%. And no, as you less, know, more like 10. And as you know, my portfolio is 80% in a globally diversified equity portfolio, 20% in bonds. Um, which which tells say, you, wow. which tells you a lot. Which tells you a lot that who has more money that he can afford to lose. Well, it's not just. <laughs> it is. Okay. Trust me. There's that. I'm more There's optimistic <laughs> about the future than you are. That's what I think it reflects. No, People that invest in stocks have to be optimistic. You have to think that tomorrow is going to be a good day. And I, I, I'm teasing Don a little bit. No, but, I might um, be retiring soon. That's why. Well, that's true. Yeah. Well, wouldn't you talk about that off the air? But uh, oh. that's a whole other thing. Darn it. The, the reality fun, is <laughs> I don't look at my portfolio as like the uh, – well, let's go back. Because okay. if we're going to talk about investing, people believe, most people, if you ask them what investing is, they think, number one, it's a zero-sum game. Right. That – Somebody wins, somebody loses. That's, hey, I was the loser there, and I don't want to be the loser again. That's number one. Number two is they truly, based on that, they think that they to be a successful investor, you have to predict what's going to happen, and you have to trade with that in mind. In other words, you needed to know that the Federal Reserve this week was going to raise rates by, instead of half a percent, three quarters of a percent. You needed to know that in advance, and then you would have traded as we're learning now, hedge funds have been selling stocks and selling bonds, et cetera. You would have traded with that in mind. Most people think that's what investing is. Therefore, when you think that way, then it feels riskier, right? Because I missed out on that trade. Don took advantage of me. He made all the money. I didn't make anything on that. Well, because it feels that like gambling. You correct. see that? Yeah, it, that exactly. feels like gambling, which is most people confuse investing and gambling. I agree. Investing should not feel like gambling, yet it does. And let's so let's talk about what risk them. is. Yeah, let's talk yeah. about what risk is. Number one, risk in investing should not be viewed as a complete loss, as a zero-sum gain. In other words, you're not buying something and hoping it doesn't go out of business unless it's an individual stock, which happens. That That's a way to reduce – that's a way to manage your risk is you never – hold all your the traditional eggs in one basket aspect when you do then you do face complete loss otherwise you do not well okay. which is why the we hits. say yeah. over and over again people go really you don't think we should buy individual stocks no because it changes the tenor of risk it turns it from what we're going to explain it is shortly into this yep. zero-sum gambling process when you buy a stock you are gambling because you can lose everything. And by the way, risk. So let's talk about some definitions of risk. 
Risk is defined, by the way, as an outcome different than what's expected, including for some losing everything. I mean, that is a definition of risk. The reality is what Don just said, that is gambling, number one. And number two, in that, with that definition, outcome that's di- different than expected, that's a short-term view. In other words, if you pull back and you look at stock markets over the last almost 100 years now, going back to 1926, they kind of generally go up when you squint your eyes. It looks like it's you know always going up. And <laughs> You look closer and you realize, no, it doesn't go up every day. It barely goes, the percentages are like 51% up days, 49% down. Even when you get to months though, it's 75% of months are up 25% or down. But when you view risk as what I just explained, as an outcome that's different than what's expected, because you do start to believe that markets are are certain, oh, I always make money in stocks. No, they're, they're not doing that that that's where the trouble I think starts for many, many people who are investors, Don, and that leads to some real problems. You, but the fact is, had you remained invested over decades, any period of decades, by the way, in the United States, you would have made money just staying invested. You didn't have to do anything, which is why I say risk really needs to be thought of as not the chance i'm going to lose everything as you said an asteroid you could lose everything but we'll all lose everything so it won't matter we want to turn it from the thinking of it as as the potential to lose everything my life is going to be ruined into thinking of it as just degrees of volatility the bouncing if you do this right The only risk you face is as an investor is the bouncing. So now all we have to do is figure out a way to manage the degree of bounciness. In other words, manage the volatility. And this year has been a little unusual because generally over the long haul, the way to manage that is the mix between the riskier things like stocks and the less risky things like bonds. Now, this has been a strange. I just looked at the intermediate term bond fund that I'm familiar with operated by dimensional funds due to these pretty big hikes in interest rates. Uh, bond, uh, the, the price of the bonds has come down. The intermediate term uh, government bond fund is down over 12% year to date. Been pretty tough. So, but generally bonds are sort of the ballast and stocks are the thing they're giving you the lift generally. So when we, for example, and I know you're going to get into this, Don, we offer people a free risk quiz where you can go take a quiz to help understand yourself emotionally, because this is all emotional, because if you were not unemotional, you put it all in stocks because stocks have made more of the long haul in 30 years. You might say, why did I own those bonds? They didn't make half as much as that's right. But you didn't want to live with a decrease in the value of your portfolio by 50% like you faced in 2008. So the risk quiz is a way for you to understand yourselves around the emotion of financial markets per se. That's where the problem, we know the behavioral finance part of this is way bigger than you want to admit. And before we dig into the risk quiz, because we want to talk to you a little bit about how you read it, how you read your score. Uh, But before we get into that, in addition to the stock bond balance that has worked 
in, in many periods in the past. There is also a, a degree of non-correlation, not exactly the perfect definition, uh, of, of other asset classes not moving in lockstep with each other over longer periods of time. Yes, in short periods like this, everything tends to move similarly, and this time it's even bonds. However, bonds have not gone down as much, and the shorter-term ones, not as much. But there are other asset classes that have done really well, reasonably well, and not even gone down, like uh, small-cap value stocks. Some of those have performed quite well. So you want this diversification across the board. You really do. Um, Now, as far as the risk quiz goes, this is something that was created by multiple academics at a number of universities, and they looked at common thinking traits among groups of people, how certain people think, and then how that affects their ability to remain invested in good times, bad times, up times, down times. And they've come up with a score. And you can take this. You just go to TalkingRealMoney.com or Vestory.com, and you click on the risk quiz. And then that will take you. As a matter of fact, I'm going to go to that. You're actually going to go. do this right now on the program? I, I am. Are you using the, the regular version or the electrode one? I think the electrode one uh, is far more no, accurate. We, we, myself, they banned, the FDA banned the electrode oh, one. God, no fun of yeah, any no, kind. Because, yeah, you, were, you kept burning people because you're having too much <laughs> fun. How do you feel now? Ah, not as well. So, yeah, Market lost on. another right. 20%. I had it right here, and then the page changed on me. First. There it is, Vestory Risk Quiz, R-I-S-Q-U-I-Z. Now, this is a really, really simple process, and let me tell you, it is absolutely free. And there's no obligation. This is free. No, you don't. So have to what you do is I'm going to go in, yeah. and I'm going to tell tell it my name. Yep. Um, nobody's going to my name. Nobody's going to try and sell you anything. I'm going to uh, then I'm going to give it some information on how old i am because that factors into this mm-hmm. and so i'm going to tell it how old i am i'm going to tell it age uh, as of uh, next friday or your current age i just give it my birth date it doesn't oh, ask okay. for my age All right. so and it, then i'm going to the tell it how much i have to high? invest and how much now i'm what it's what it's asking now is saying how how do you invest right now so i'm going to say you know about between Let's see, between 50 and 75% in stocks. Okay, that's me. Okay, yeah, fair enough. And it takes me to the quiz. Now, in this quiz, you answer the following questions. I'm going to give you some of the questions. Okay. I understand financial and investment terms without difficulty. Now, for me, having been in this business for, I don't know, 40 years, (laughs) I pretty much strongly agree. Yeah. Now, that's probably not most of you. So be honest. I am comfortable with financial risk. This is a great question for right now. Why is it a great question for right now, Tom? Well, because we know when times are good, when stocks are in periods of rising, that you all feel very comfortable. It, it's a fascinating thing. And you're willing to say, yeah, I'm I'm good with with volatility. I'm okay with this and this and this. But then when you actually experience it, like we have here this year, 2022, guess what? Your level of acceptance of said volatility is 
less than it was last year. It's a fascinating thing. And by the way, it's another reason for even people that took a risk quiz last year, take another one now. Compare your scores because I think you'll find it fascinating to see how you may have changed emotionally over the last year. Almost guarantee you have. Uh, The next question is, uh, in 2008, the stock market dropped approximately 37%. That meant, and this is the broad global stock market. because the S&P lost over 50. Yeah. Right. That meant that 100,000 invested in U.S. stocks at the beginning of the period was worth 63,000 at the end of 2008. What would you do in a similar scenario now? Would you sell everything? Would you decrease it? Would you buy? Or See, so I'm going to say I would significantly increase my investments because that's what I would do. So, You'd, But answer so it honestly. Words, you would increase your exposure to stocks? In a period, I would put more money into the stock market I, you would if it's add down. to your hold. Okay. So if you had yeah, yeah, I absolutely cash, you would be a buyer. Yeah. Which okay. Is the next is a chart that shows. Yeah. In fact, I'll, I'll, sh- I'll show you this on your screen. Okay. Uh, here's a chart that shows the average annual returns of various portfolios yep. from 1950 to 2016. And yep. this is just for an example. And it shows you what the returns had been and what the worst year had been. Mm. And this is an opportunity for you to look at this and go, oh, could I have stood a 37% decline in a year? Pretty steep. Um, so you, now you answer it based on this. And so I'm going to click that one. I'm going to say, yeah, I can handle that. You could handle um, the 37%? No, I went down one notch. I would describe my past financial decisions as conservative. Um, I'm going to disagree. Yeah, I don't think you're um, I feel anxious about my investments performing negatively. Um, I'm going to disagree, but the uh, the gentleman who called us yesterday, he's definitely an agree guy. Oh, yeah, definitely. Absolutely. Answer these positively. I want to minimize short-term volatility. Um, you just again, there's question after question in the event of emergency, I I I want to sell some of my assets within a few days. This means you don't have an emergency fund. Right. You need to have an emergency fund. If this is the case, you should have an emergency fund. I concur. Uh, moving on to question nine, I'm willing to invest my ass- in assets with a limited track record in search of higher returns. Um, wow, that's saying you're a risk taker. Yep. That's one I'm going to say, yeah, limited track record? Probably not. Not for me. Can you say Bitcoin? I want track sure, records. Yeah. When I think of the word risk, I associate it with opportunity. Do you see how this question gets to gets to the meat of how you think? When I think of the word risk, I associate it with opportunity. You see, I go, yeah. Risk and opportunity go together. Okay, you but you in fairness, w- you you're a guy who's owned a few small businesses. There is no to me greater risk right. than that. Really? No. Your capital no. is exposed to a hundred thousand things that could go wrong, and how many small businesses even make it after what five or ten years? It's a very small number. Yeah, but we've taken both of us. We've done it. We've done it. And sometimes well, finally sometimes glad we not did. Well, yeah. sometimes not. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I consider my I consider myself an experienced stock market investor. Now, tell the truth on this one. I'm telling the truth. With well, okay, my strongly how would agree. how do you? Yeah. Okay. So what did that? So could you say that That means I've been in this business a long time and I understand. Okay, but let me ask you another one. Like my uh, daughter who is in her mid-30s, would you say she's an experienced stock market investor? Been around this her whole life. But I'd say no. Yeah, I agree. 
Nope. No. Um, she hasn't done it. You actually have to see experience. The word to me, experience means you've done it. And what does that mean? You've experienced bad stuff. Okay. You've actually been in the market. In the market. You've when experienced it's gone down. the problems. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. Um, I believe I need to take greater risks to meet my financial goals. That's an see, interesting this is question. Where, yeah, that's fascinating. It is. Yeah. It's a great question. Yep. Mm-hmm. Because here, this question is saying, can't this this determines your need for risk thank you not your tolerance thereof but your need for it do you need to take greater risk to meet your goals maybe your goals are low and you don't and this so is, i'm gonna say i somewhat disagree with that and i think because i don't that that point is probably the most important when it comes to investing because most people do not know what rate of return they need to either save up enough for retirement or if they're in retirement how much money they need to make to sustain them their lives for the rest of their lives that's a number you need to know but they don't sadly and now we're going to get to where the rubber really meets the risk road i am more concerned with maximizing returns Ah. than minimizing losses we know most of you are going to uh, err on the side of minimizing lots survey after survey shows people would rather make less but see their portfolio go down less in tough times. It's pretty clear. So most people are going to say they'll take less. And here's another one that is a critical, critical question. Answer this one honestly. If my investments fall in value during the first two years, I would sell them immediately, Mm. wait one to three years, wait four or more years. Wow. Wow. See, now I know enough by because I'm an experienced investor to know that you might even have to make, wait four or more years. There have been a couple of times when you did. Gene Fama once famously said any return under the under 10 years is noise. So, and he won a Nobel Prize, so kind of respect his opinion about money. And then they then they get into some really complicated ones. I'll I'll just show you the screenshot of this one. Um, but we're not going to get into this in great detail. It kind of shows you a spread. Um, if you invest $100,000 for a year, and you, you, what you get to do is pick between three different possible outcomes, a high of $100,000 going up to 104 or down to 100, back down to 100, uh, going up to 110 or down to 96, or potentially going to 121 or down to 85. So you have to pick which one of those is best for you. Again, this is sort of a, a saying, how much volatility can you stand? They keep yep. trying to get to this over and over and over again in different ways. How much volatility can you stand? In 2008, international stock markets dropped approximately 44%. This meant that $100,000 invested at the beginning of 2008 would have been worth 56000 at the end of 2008. However, in 2009, world stock markets rose 36 percent meaning that a hundred thousand invested at the beginning of 2009 would have been worth 136 to what extent do you agree with the statement i'm comfortable with this kind of volatility that, that, it, they ask it over and over such again a fascinating word comfortable i mean i don't even know if i'm comfortable with it but i accept it because i know that that's led to higher returns Another one, and again, they're all trying to get the same kind of information in just a different way. 
it is possible for some investments to undergo long periods of un- underperformance. For example, the average return for the entire U.S. stock market between 2001 and 2010 was approximately 2.2%, including dividends. Which all came from Ten years. That's small the lost decade. stocks, by the way, because large actually underwater for that period of time. The average annual return for U.S. For the U.S. stock market between 1950 and 2000, however, was approximately 14.4%. Wow. Are you willing to maintain your investments during long periods of underperformance? Different way of asking the question. You can see how fascinating this is in the way it digs into your head and makes you answer questions differently. And then it does the math and says, okay, this is where you are. Okay, but I am but, comfortable investing yeah. in a new business. Oh, go ahead. No, I'm sorry. Okay, I was going to say, I, I thought you were at the conclusion. Comfortable investing in what? A new business? Is that the question? Yeah, this is the next yeah. one. I'm comfortable investing in a new business. Wow. I mean, I don't know that I <laughs> today, am. I mean, today, I, my answer is different. Yeah, it, then it would have been 10, maybe 15 years ago. I mean, we started Vestry. Yeah, today, my answer 15. is different. Yeah, so, um, but I, 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 you've, you've pointed all this out very well. I guess the question I have at hand is, okay, I go through this and I have a score of, and I think my score was 87 or something. I didn't get 100. We've had people, a few people in mm-hmm. the 90s, but not many. I mean, it takes a pretty strong hearty soul to say yeah i'm okay with all yes 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 that's it's hard but let's assume your score was 80 does that mean you should be in a portfolio that is 80 percent in stocks and 20 percent in fixed income funny you should ask funny you should ask i scored a 74 i just finished it. really you get a nice report yeah you get a nice report i got a 74 out of a possible 100 which puts me in risk tolerance group five that's people who have a high risk tolerance. And that number, and if you scroll down, it, it below the charts, it says connecting your score to a portfolio. Here, it's right here in the report. Right here. Here you go. Right there. It's like one of those dating says, services. Scored, it's going to connect you to the ones that are I like I scored you. 74 yeah. based on your risk tolerance. The matching portfolio is 80% global equities and 20% intermediate U.S. bonds. Which is higher than you have. You need to be selling those fixed income and buying the bonds. No, you see, what it says is I have the tolerance for it, but I don't need to do it. Thank you. Thank you. This is exactly what I was saying three, four minutes ago, is again, if you know that your plan works, if you have a plan, if you know that your plan works only making 5% a year, why in the world... Would you have a more aggressive portfolio that should make more, but exposes you to greater volatility? So, and by the way, that greater volatility leads people to make horrible decisions. We're seeing people sell all kinds of stuff. We're seeing people buy all kinds of annuities, other crap, pardon the expression, because they're nervous about the future. So thank you, Don, for pointing that out, because I think that's absolutely critical. You need to know those numbers, how much you need to make how fast you need to drive down the road. I equate it to driving because people go by me at 80 all the time and I'm going 65 and I think I'll get there on time. I want to go as fast as that guy because that's cool, but I don't need to. So thank you for pointing that out. Once you have that number, you can tune out all of the noise and the noise is loud and always getting louder. If you ask me, 
Absolutely. And that's why I wanted to do a little walkthrough of this, because I think a lot of people are kind of afraid to take this thing um, because, well, one, it's it's hard to answer some of these questions honestly. Two, it's tough to know yourself. Three, it's tough to find out you've been doing everything wrong, but it's great to find out if you've been doing it right. And, you know, the, at the end of the day, isn't it better to know what you should be doing? at least get a clue as to what you should be doing i think everybody should take this thing i love it we put it up for free a long time ago we could have been charging yep. for it we probably i mean if we were smart we would have been charging for it eh. but we're not smart we're not that smart um but it's free and it's easy and uh the the, the addresses are on the screen you just click on or just go to one of those websites and uh get the risk quiz and then fill the darn thing out if you have any questions you can call us we'll try to help you understand it we'd love to do that but the fact of the matter is if you know this if you know this you can build a portfolio that isn't going to put you into bear markets you will not have a personal bear market if you do this right thank you i feel so much better without the oh, electrodes do you it's still okay Oh, my gosh, we almost went to 30 minutes on that one. Well, we better end this podcast. No questions? No, I think this is very helpful. Risk is important. The, one of the most important things you can know is your is your risk need, risk tolerance. Your, we call it your risk profile. Because without that, you cannot make smart decisions. You can't. No, you'll make bad decisions. Anything no, else? I think you'll make bad decisions. Again, yeah. if you have a plan, if you know this, by the way, by the way, if you take the test and you know that you score a 30 for example you know you're risk adverse but you know you need to take a little more risk you can sometimes talk to yourself and say yeah i i, I know this is the makeup but i also know that my financial future won't work unless i'm exposed to stocks you talk yourself through it and you want to hear a really stupid idea <laughs> yes. to help you it really is a great yeah. stupid idea is you you write yourself a post-it note that says, while I understand my risk tolerance is low, I have committed to taking a little bit more to enjoy the future I really need. So don't panic and put that inside your medicine cabinet. Put it somewhere where you see it every damn day. I think that's great. By the way, before Pardon we let you go, what did French. you settle on on the birthday? Are you going to do something outdoors or not? People want to know. I'm not if I have anything to say about it. <laughs> okay. Because you can't count that high or just because of the weather? No, because I don't want to go out in I that. I see. Okay. All right. I mean, that is just – do you, do you know how hot it is 98 with like 75% humidity? I don't do well in that <sighs> at all. So I, while I complain about our weather here, no. I, it's, at least it's – I, I honestly oh, – if I had my way – I would be in Virginia right now. Let's let's not go there. Carry me back to old <laughs> Virginia. <laughs> With my banjo on my knee. No. I am not even going to sing the rest of that racist song. That's the only part I'm singing. All right. Good for you. I think that's probably a good idea. All right. Thank, thank you. It is so racist. Yes, it is. Thank you all for being a, a part of our little get-together. And um, bear in mind, though, that stupid song was written pre-Civil War, so it's people were stupid um thank you all for being a part of the little program and please go out and take the risk quiz at uh, vestry or talkingrealmoney.com and if you need a lot of help we'll give you a lot of help you can either pay us for it 
which a lot of people do, or you can get some for free, more than you would imagine for free, by going to Vestry.com and setting up an appointment with one of our advisors, Vestry.com. I've been doing a lot of these Saturday calls already. Or been Tom loving it. I, has I love been it. doing Saturday calls well, with go people. Go ahead. Set them up. You can set up a Saturday yep, call I'm with here. Tom. Just go to Vestry.com. Put a little note in there and say, I yep. want Tom. Which I, You don't really want no, Tom, but we'll take you, it. You, you, you understand what I'm saying. You done now? I'm done. Thanks for Are you for done? Doing all this. Okay yeah, then. Great. Go all do right. whatever it is you're going to do for the rest of the day. I'm done. That's Tom. Peace. We're talking real money. Peace. We hope you realize that the information provided on Talking Real Money is for informational, educational, and hopefully enjoyable purposes only. Providing personalized financial planning or investing advice takes time, so please consult with a really good fee-only fiduciary investment, tax, or legal advisor. We know a good one. Investing must always involve risk. In other words, you can and probably will lose money at times. Also, as much as you want it, no one can accurately and consistently predict the future, so past performance doesn't tell you a darn thing about what the future will bring. Unlike many other programs that say something similar, Talking Real Money is not trying to get you to buy or sell any financial products or securities. Instead, the program is provided as a public service by Appella Capital, a fee-only registered investment advisor. Thanks for listening, and please visit TalkingRealMoney.com for more information and disclosures. As you keep the lawyers happy.